if I can get you gentlemen to get my, my stuff for me. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Still good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. <laughs> it was good a while ago, and it's good now. I mean, it's still good. Anytime I can get into the house of the Lord and worship. Thank you for allowing us to be gone last week. We went and celebrated 52 years of ministry with my parents. Uh, active ministry, not in and out, uh, but uh, active ministry. 52 years. I mean, I was like two when they started like full-time kind of ministry, and uh, what a, they were. Mom cried and Dad cried, and that's, uh, you know, that's a big deal. When Dad cries, that's a big deal. And uh, so I, I learned some things about my parents over the years that I didn't know, and, and uh, some things I was glad to know, and some things I'm glad, glad I didn't know. Uh, and, and so, uh, but one of the things that I, I, I did not know, I, I kind of I thought this, but I wasn't sure, that... Um, my dad's favorite scripture verse, and I, I, I never knew this, was John 3.16. And so they had someone read their favorite verse, and they sang their favorite songs, and his favorite song was Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And I thought, man, that's just an awesome thing. But you know what moved me the most was when they began to read the scripture, John 3.16. I was sitting behind my father. Uh, you could just, he's constantly doing this. And I thought, man, 52 years of ministry, 55 years of being saved, and reading John 3.16 still moves you. I just got to believe when he got saved, he got saved all the way down in his knower. He knew that he was saved from the beginning. Some 55 years later, still cries over his favorite verse because he knew where he came from. Knew what God saved him from. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. That's good. If I don't get you crank, your tractor's broke. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Woo! I've been so excited about preaching to you and finishing up a series today. And just as normal, the Lord messes me up. I have come to preach to you today an urgent message for this church. I'm not necessarily talking about the church down the street or the church in America. I'm here to teach you and preach to you today about this church, about you, because this is where I pastor. I don't pastor the other church. I pastor this church. And the Lord, about Thursday, began to, uh, as I was preparing to finish up my, my series the Lord gave me a, a little different direction, and, and I said, well, I'm not going to do that, Lord, because, you know, I'm in charge. <clears throat> that worked out real good. And so today I want to talk to you about a topic that is um, it's widely used, it's mostly abused, and it's seldom addressed within the church walls. And it is being offended. I love you, but it's going to be a hard one. It's a hard one for me. But you can be offended and you're still going to live. It's okay. You can be offended and it's all right. Okay? 
but we don't like to talk about it. We ain't got a problem being offended. We ain't got a problem dragging people into our fence with us. But we, won't, we don't want our fence to be addressed. We use the term, I'm offended, or that was very offensive to me. Like it's some kind of big injustice to society. When in reality, 99% of the time that you're offended, it's true. You're offended simply because you do not agree with someone. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house, and I'm serious. Because I wouldn't preach this to you if I didn't love you and if I wasn't unctioned by the Holy Ghost. But you get offended. I get offended. We get offended. When I say you, I'm talking about me as well, okay? This is me. Simply because we do not agree with someone's other idea or opinion or what we think it ought to be. Especially when it comes to pastoral decisions. It's not about that. Here it is. A fellow told me this one time a long time ago. Pastor, go get your license and start your church. It's real easy. They're looking for pastors. It's about 1,400 a week leaving the ministry across America. There's a shortage of pastors. You know why? Because they try to be people pleasers rather than God pleasers. And when you start trying to be people pleasers and you got 100 plus or the average church size is 84, guess what? It ain't very long, so you're going to upset the wrong people. See, some of us right now, we're already worried about what the rest of this mess is going to be like because we're offended. We don't even like it. I didn't like it either. But watch this. This is what the Word of God says. In Matthew 24, 10, says, Then many will be offended. This is written in red, if you were wondering. And in the, in the, in the subtopic of my Bible, the subheading simply says, Jesus warns of offense. And many of them will be offended and will betray one another. Come on. You can amen any time during the service. And will betray one another and will hate one another. That's what the Lord says about an offense. You'll get mad and you'll betray your friends. You'll betray the ones who love you the most. That's what offense does. An offense is a horrible, nagging thing. Yeah, for, uh, let me, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of offense, but let, let me give you the definition and I'll give you an example. Uh, the word offended here means scandalizo, which is where we get our word scandal from. It's where we get the English word scandal from. This is what it means. It's a trap or a snare, a trigger of a trap. Any person or thing by which one is entrapped, drawn into error or sin. An offense is baited, is a baited trap from the devil. He baits you with an offense. You get offended, you're baited. That's how he gets you, that you get, you, you get offended, and it's a bait that Satan uses to draw you from the real focus, the real truth. 
because he can't, he can't overcome the truth. What does he do? He can't refute the truth. What he does, he gets into our soulless realm, our mind, will, and emotions. I preached on it a couple weeks ago. Mind, will, and emotion, that soulless realm. Where's your mind? In the soulless realm. Where, what is in your, your soulless realm? Your emotions. You get offended. You get upset. Get your feelings hurt. Feelings are emotions. So he hits you. He baits you with an offense. It's kind of like this. Uh, you ever been to a lake, maybe over here at Lake Chico? And um, We used to go to Heber Springs Lake uh, all the time, Grass Ferry Lake. And we would go up there. It's a little cleaner up that part of the area, so I like that. And we would go up there, and we had a, uh, my grandparents had a cabin right on, the, right on the, uh, the, the shoreline there. And we would go, and it was a real, it was a perfect spot for family. Because you could walk for probably 30 yards and just get about this deep. So it was great for the kids to play and had some, uh, some rock but some little sand all in it. It was just, just perfect. You couldn't have picked it if, if you uh, had a choice. But, man, it was great. But I remember as a, as a young person, and even when our kids were small, we would go there, and they had these little bitty fish about that big. And they would come and nibble at you on your legs. There, wasn't, there weren't piranhas. There wasn't sharks. wasn't whales. It was a little two ounce, maybe two ounce, an ounce and a half fish. And you'd feel one. In a minute, if you stood still, they would be like 10. They were annoying. If I could have caught them, I could have killed them easily. We could have ate those bite size. Here's what that little thing would do, though. Because it was so many, and they just nagged at you the whole time. You kept standing there, and you'd have to do this. You'd move it, you know Kind of makes playtime not that much fun. But after a while, you'd get annoyed with that little fish. And that little thing about this big would run you right out of the water. Would steal your playtime with your kids. Would stop the enjoyment of your vacation at one of the prettiest places I believe in the world right there. That little old bitty thing that you couldn't catch. You wasn't fast enough. That one little thing that you knew was bothering you, but you couldn't deal with it, run you out of the water. It's just like an offense. That one little thing that you can't fix, that you want to go away, but you can't fix it. So instead of, instead of accepting it and where you are in Christ and where you are in the body of Christ, you just leave. I'm getting out of there. And then you lie about why you're getting out. So that it'll sound good to other people. I wish this was the day that we had everybody that actually attends the church, about 170 of us that just don't come at regular. I wish everybody was here today. Because everybody, there's no immunity. I'm, I'm in front of no immunity to, the, to offense. No one has immunity. I'm talking about the church because that's where I, I pastor. It happens at the job. It happens with your marriage. It, everywhere. But I'm talking about the church. Okay? In Mark 9, 42 through 48, I want to give you um, 
just let me read it to you. Jesus, again, is speaking these words, and he says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me, that's not talking about children. That's talking about anybody that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? That's you and me. Everybody say amen. amen. That's you and I, that we believe. Anyone who believes in Christ. says, any of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. Let me start over. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a milestone or a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Um, a type of torture from the Romans was that they would um, put a millstone, a grinding stone around your neck that outweighed you and you couldn't swim back to the top and pitch, take you out in a boat and pitch you out. Kind of curbs a lot of stuff, doesn't it? You think, boy, there wasn't no killing going on in there. This ain't even talking about killing. This is talking about if you cause one to stumble. This is, called, this is talking about an offense. This is talking about a scandal. Mmm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Verse 43, if, you had, if your hand causes you to, to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life, maimed, rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that should never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Verse 45, but if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that should never be quenched where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Verse 47. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now it's not saying to literally go out and cut your hand off, cut your foot off, pluck your eye off. That's a metaphor, okay? Let me tell you what that's a metaphor for. If you're hanging around people and you participate with people who are easily offended, he's simply saying you need to put distance between you and them because they will take you down a road that you don't want to go. And if you've got someone that constantly nags, you need to distance yourself from them that constantly finds problems but no praise. You need to distance yourself from them. Someone who, who never reads the Bible but knows everything about God and about the God's Word and how the church should be ran. Come on, somebody. You're dealing with a very serious thing. The Bible says it, in, in metaphor that if you hang around that, the end of that is hell. I thought you'd like it. There's three things I want to talk to you about this morning. I've got good news at the end, by the way. Three things that happen when you're offended.
Some of you are getting offended now. I love this shirt. This shirt's like 14 years old. It's a good one. Feels good. I work in this shirt. First thing that happens when you get offended. This still won't do. Is you take off your garment of praise. When you're offended, you take off your garment of praise. Let's see what the Bible says about that. In Isaiah 61, verse 3 says this. To console those who are in Zion, who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, for the oil of joy of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The first thing that happens when you start getting offended, you've lost your praise. Because if you can come into this house and not praise, something's wrong with your praiser. Okay, so you've lost your praise right there. You, these are things, these are telltale signs that you've lost your praise. So the first thing, you, you take off your garment of praise and you put on another garment. I'm going somewhere with this stuff I'm going to be changing into. No, I'm not taking my pants off. <laughs> if you was wondering, some of you, I could have left there, you're thinking, I wonder if he's going to do that. This is going to be a good one. You change your garment. Come on, this is good. Second thing that happens. What I want to do now. Ralph, can you come over and help me? Ralph, I need you to kind of lay this these boards this way, right up there, just somewhere right up there. Let me get in there. Yeah, something like that. Yep, yep, that'll work. And the other about right there. Yeah, that'll work. Ralph, can you, uh, those boards there, I'm going to lay them on the top. Yep, just, boy, look at there. You built, you built something before. We're going to just kind of line these up pretty straight. Ralph, okay, that's good, Ralph. Will you, here, will you help me do something, Ralph? I need your help, man. I can't do this by myself. Look right here. Will you? Nope. I need you to put um, put me a screw here and one here. We're gonna, we got right in the middle. Right in the middle, be fine. We got to secure this stuff down. We don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, let's straighten that up. That's what I'm talking. About. Oh, wait a minute. Here, here. You might need some. Hey, uh, uh, Arvel, can you come up here and help me? Got to get everybody involved in this. Make, make sure that's kind of square right there. Would you just use my square? Square, square? square. There, That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, let's try that. Give me back my stuff. Here, I got another screw. Oh, now you can go sit down. I don't need you too much, but I need you to sit down. Hey, Jacob, could you come up here for me? Good right there. 
Jake, could you, could you, you're younger than we are. Can you go around and put me a couple screws up top up there? Here, you're gonna need these tools. That's close enough. So when we get done, this thing ain't gonna be right no way. Amen. That's okay. Thank you, sir. Y'all, I appreciate y'all. Y'all can sit down just a minute. No, I'll tell you what, y'all, y'all did a good job. Here, let's do one more. Let's do one more, y'all. Yeah, I need one more. Just do one more for me, would you? Just do one more. Oh, I don't know why I'm helping. I need you to help me. I'm getting you involved in this stuff, right? Uh-huh. Here, oh, the, the, what, I, what I need to give you, I need to give y'all some, some stuff to work with, some tools, don't I? I need to give you some, there's some ammunition right there. You need more? Yeah. Well, you ain't going to mess them up. We're just putting one in. Put a bunch of screws in. Oh. <laughs> That's good. Look at that, man. Yeah. Y'all are doing, hey, they're doing great. Amen. Okay, that'd be good for right now. Y'all can say, hey, thank y'all for participating in my stuff. It's, it's good. The second thing you do, so we take off the garment of praise. You come in with the wrong attitude. The Bible says that we're to come in with praise, enter that court and that praise and that thanksgiving in our heart, right? You're to bring it with you. So see, when you start getting offended, you come to the church house and you left that somewhere at your house. And you came in already with the, clothed with the wrong garment. came in ready to go to work because I'm going to be offended today. I'm going to come in. I'm looking for the offense. So what do we do? The next thing we do is this. We take off the belt of truth. In other words, you have gotten out of the word of God. You, this take, the Bible says, look, let me just take this off. I got an old belt. I love this belt. It looks like me. But it's still good. Honey, how long have I had this belt? About 20 years. I bought this in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And we went to Winterfest one year at a good leather shop. I was back last year. You guys sent us there. And I bought another one. It's a good one. But see, we, we took off that, that belt of truth. That girds us up is what the Bible says. It says you got a belt that you gird up with truth. Let's look at that in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. What is truth? Let me help you. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you believe it to be. It's what the Word of God says it is. Having girded your waist with truth, and the rest of the verse, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. When you come and you get offended every time your church, or if that offense hangs on you for weeks on end, I am here to tell you, friend, you have something spiritually wrong in you. The Bible does not call you to stay and walk in offense. He calls you to walk in peace and love. 
and be long-suffering with your brother and your sister. So why are we offended at so, for so long? Why, we, why do we stay in offense? Why do we drag people into our offense with us? Because it's easier to talk, listen to me, it is easier to talk people into what you want them to do than it is God into what you want to do. Because, see, you can manipulate what this thing says if you're not walking in the truth. If you're not girded with truth, you won't receive truth. You'll make it up to be what you want it to be. And it's a lot easier for me to convince Ralph or Pam or someone to go come along beside me than it is God. Because God does not lie. God does not change. God's word is truth. Mm. David Dotson, come on up here, friend. Jacques, will you come up too? Come on. I'm going to need some help. I've got to get some help here. I've got to get some stuff for you to work with, though. Amen. All right, look here. Here's what we're going to do. What do we want to do? Hey, just hold on to that. I might... Yeah, could you, could you get me a measurement, say, from here to the end right there? Just stick it over there and get it rough. We're not building a grand piano. Okay, all right. What's that one up there? Okay, see, we already got messed up. I think it was the people who helped me put the first one on. I mean, what wasn't my fault, was it? I mean, I had the materials here. I, I mean, it's your fault. It's your fault, right? It's your fault. You didn't read the square, right? Square was wrong, square was wrong wasn't it? Hey, can I get y'all to put me about two of these on here? Hey, let, oh, yeah, here, y'all need to, here, I got to give you some weaponry. I got to give you some ammunition so that you can do what I want you to do, right? Man, this is good. I like my carpet. Y'all like my carpet belt? It's well used. I got a praise report while they're doing, they're helping me get my stuff together. I got a praise report. I had to take this belt up because I lost some weight. I was going to use it the other day, and next thing I know, that thing's down around my ankle, about tripped me, done slid right on down. thought, well, praise the Lord. There you go. Look at y'all. Man, y'all are just excellent. That's okay. They don't have those in South Africa. That's all right. Uh, Y'all can, can sit down. I need my stuff back, though. You got to give me my tools. I may want to use it on somebody else. Thank y'all. So, so the next thing, the next thing that happened, here's number three. So what was, number, what was, the, uh, what was the first thing y'all remember? You take off your garment of praise. And the second thing, you take off your... Your, your belt, your girt of truth, and you put on that old. You know what I'm putting on, right? Old stuff. If you come on Wednesday night, you just learned this past Wednesday night that you're to put off the old man and put on the new. God's not going to do it for you. He says you put it on and you take it off. So I'm putting on some old stuff. You know what I'm doing? Going back to my old ways. So the next thing we're going to do the next thing that you do, I do, 
As we quit walking in peace, Lord, I hope I got the shocks on that don't have holes in them. We're good so far, honey. Might get to take up an offering here directly for for socks. Am I good? Mike, am I good up there? Nope. Okay. All right. Get in here. Old trusty Merrill's. No, I didn't bring my handy little stew spoon. It's about that long, but I started to. But just to show you that I can still put my shoes on without it. Bible says in Ephesians 6.15, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, If you're offended every time you come to church or you walk in a fence for weeks on end, you are not walking in the gospel of peace, guaranteed. Because when you're offended, you're not peaceful. You're not in peace. And Colossians 3.15 says, And let the the God of peace rule in your hearts. That means, that word let means to dominate. Let it dominate. You've got to surrender and when it, the word rule, I mean, the word let means you got to surrender, and the word rule means to dominate. So you've got you to surrender to God, that peace of God, and let that peace dominate your life. And when you're walking in an offense, you're not dominated by the peace of God. You've put on the different shoes. Ephesians says you've you got to shod your foot, your feet, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's not a person in here, if you're honest, if you say this is opposite, you're a liar, including me, that you say, well, I'm offended, but I'm walking in peace. (laughs) You're not. How do I know? Because you walk in and you see that person or you hear that person's name and inside of you something wells up and you just get knots in your stomach and you... It's exactly what happens. That is not peace. Am I doing okay? I'm preaching to you because I love you. (sighs) Jeffrey, I need you to come up here. Hey, pick a good partner because this is fixing to get off. I need you to pick somebody. Pick somebody, Jeffrey. Pick somebody that you love and you don't care blaming something about somebody. Pick Dale. Dale. Dale, yeah. Let me get my tool pouch back on, Jeffrey. You, you know what one of these are, don't you? Yes. Just kind of, kind of, sort of. Guys, I need you to help me finish this. But look here. First people started it. They didn't know what they were doing. It's a little bit off. Uh, matter of fact, Jeffrey, let me give you a tool. Could you, could you measure, see what my distance is on each end of that, please? Fifteen three-quarters. Still off a little bit, ain't it? Something just ain't right. Something just, I, I, I've been doing everything. I've been giving them the right tools. Something just ain't right. Here's the problem. I've been giving them stuff. Yo, look, y'all go ahead and put me on. A, matter of fact, if you would, put, put the rest of them on there, all three of them. Uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, man, that's looking great. Oh, y'all need, some, y'all need some ammunition, don't you? You need some stuff to work with. 
things that will keep it nailed down, secured down, really get it into the heart of the matter and the matter of the heart. That's what you need, right? See, what happens, um, you start building stuff, and you start attaching it, sticking it together. You do it right. Look here. Man, this is going to be good. It's not going to be perfect, is it, Jeffrey? Well, I want to blame the first, I, I think Ralph. Ralph started, he run the first screw in it. Right? Ralph, Ralph, you're offended. Well, he's offended because he's offended because he didn't get offended. He wanted to be offended, so he's offended and done that you're offended. I would be offended at this because it's probably off. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, because, I mean, we were all on the same team, right? Yeah. Hey, y'all did a great job. Y'all ain't got any of my tools, do you? Because I may want to give you something later. Y'all do, do. Hey, uh, could I get y'all to do something for me? Could, while you're there, could you just kind of, could you just stand that up like right here? Oh, uh, can we do something different? Can, can you lay it back down? Lay it back up there. Uh, Walker, I need you. Nick, will you come up? Carl, will you come up? Kyle, will you come up? Come up, help me. Just hang tight. Because when we do something in this church, we like to do it great. Um, don't leave an old man up there by himself. I need Carl get up there with him. Get how many we got? We got two, four, six. I need, I need Kyle. You get up there. Somebody better be offended. Uh, I need, it needs to be a group effort because, you know, we, we had one or two here and one or two there putting it together. But I need, if y'all could, just y'all three raise it up and you three kind of grab it and we're going to set it right here like with It needs to be a group effort, group effort now because it's not near as fun by yourself. Oh, yeah. Will it stay there? Don't let it fall on you, Pastor. I don't care if you're offended or not. I don't want to fall on me. Yeah, listen. Does that look, everybody, everybody good? This looks good? Yeah. Do, you, do, do you think they've done an okay job? But it's good? Y'all, y'all, everybody in agreement? Everybody in agreement? Just remember what you just did. You're in agreement. You're in agreement? Remember that. Okay. Y'all can go. Thank y'all so much. Man, y'all did. Yeah, we're going to leave it right there. Jeffrey, if that falls on me, you run up here and help me now. I will. Okay? I'll be because we don't want stuff to fall on me. I'm going to finish this message on up. Three things. You take off your garment of praise and you put on a garment of complaining. I don't like it. A garment that's not really fitting for the Lord. But you bring it anyway. And the reason you've done that is because you have taken off your belt of truth. You got out of your word. And you put on an old belt that girded yourself with the same way you used to think. 
and what you used to do and how you used to react and your old emotions and your old thought patterns and your old reactions. Then, since you're there, we might as well go on and get off in it. We're going to put on our feet the very opposite of what God says will get you out of the mess that shod in that foot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But So you're not going to walk in peace when you get offended. I'm just going to be offended. And if need be, I'll be offended till I split the church. Till I get a group of people. Come on, how many do we have here? About six. If you ain't careful, you'll have a group of people that's offended because you started with a different garment. Because you put on something other than the word of God. Because you walked in in uneasiness, no peace. And it spreads like cancer. And when you get done doing your thing and you think, well, I've got a few people that are okay with me. I got a few people on my, watch this word, side. And so since I got a few people on my side, let's start a coup. Let's overthrow the hierarchy of the church. We don't like the pastor's council or the deacons anyway. They ain't doing what we say. You know, they only do what the pastor wants them to. Well, that's a real good observation since I've never seen anybody in a board meeting except these guys. I'm not really talking about anything that's went on in this church. Some of you are wondering what in the world's happened. <laughs> it's called preventive maintenance. Amen. When I started uh, last month mowing the yard, I took my good old Kubota lawnmower to the shop and put new blades on it and changed the oil and the filters and air filters and just the, the fuel filters, everything. Greased it up good. Made it look good. So he would cut good. Called preventive maintenance. So here's what's happened. When you get rid of your praise, our praise, my praise, your praise. When we get slack wrapping ourselves in the word of God and when we don't walk in peace, we come ready into the house of God to be offended, to be baited by the devil himself in the church house. When you're here to learn about God's word, when you're here to praise, you come in with the wrong stuff on and you're here and you're being baited by Satan in the church house. And we wonder why every church runs 20 and 30 and 50 and they don't want to go down there. And they don't want to go to this church because there's so much arguing and complaining. It's because pastors don't have enough gumption to talk about the offense. Preach against it. So what happens? You get offended and you build a fence. Not an offense, but a fence. Now, just out of curiosity, how many of y'all really know I'm standing behind this fence? I can't see your hands. Can I have a show of hands? 
an amen or something. I felt like I got behind there and everybody left. Y'all really know I'm back here? I really am behind this fence. You know what? I started this fence because I had an offense. And then I gathered in Arvell, Ralph, Jeffrey, Dale, Jacques, David, 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 Jacques, Jacques, Walker, Nick, Carl, who else? Kyle. Got them all involved in building my fence. No, Jacob. You're offended. See, he's offended. He's offended because he didn't get part of the fence that's offensive. Everybody in here was in agreement. This is, a, this is a fence. I brought the stuff to build the fence with from my house. Lord has a strange way of speaking to me at five in the morning. <laughs> I argue with the Lord what I've got in my building. Lord, I ain't got none of that stuff in my building. Go check. But Lord, I don't have it. Dawn, I'm out there digging through. I said, see, Lord, I don't have it. This really happened. I don't have it. Get on your knees and look underneath. Well, Lord, do you know it had some dew on the ground? going to get me dirty. I've already showered. Y'all may not know this. but I can actually get down on the ground (laughs) some of y'all didn't think I was that flexible did you (laughs) amen but I got a team of folks here that's going to help me so this morning when I'm I look in there and what do I see these nice picket fences. I said, well, I know what I'm preaching on this morning because I didn't know I had them. I brought the materials for the fence. Nobody in here knew I was bringing this stuff with me, did you? Not a soul. But I showed up with this and I began to share it with a few people before church. And then I began to include a few people in this church. And all of a sudden, we built a fence. You know what a fence does? It keeps some stuff in and some stuff out. Here's the problem with a a fence because of an offense in the church. It keeps the good stuff out and keeps all of your bad stuff in. It it, it harbors and it'll reach in and it'll stir up all those emotions in that soulless realm. It'll get those all stirred up. And your blood will boil and you can't even raise your hands in worship to a holy God and he didn't have anything to do with it. It's keeping him away from you and you think you're doing something I'll show them. Tell you what I'll do. Take my toys and go home. Okay. I won't, well, I'll just say it. Bye, Felicia. 
Because if you're at that point, you're unteachable. In the church, you said that? Well, you do it at your workplace. Mike, if you won't do it at your workplace, I'm coming to work for you. Let me finish up. The good news is, the opposite of offense is unity. Unity brings God's blessings. Do you understand that? That unity brings blessings, God's blessings. I'm not talking about just to the church house. I'm talking about to your house. I don't know about you, but I need God's blessings in my personal life as much as I need it in the church life. Okay? I deal with a lot of stuff out there and a lot of stuff in here, but I need God's blessings. And if I walk in unity with my brethren, whom I'm supposed to, then guess what? The blessings follow me. Let me just prove it to you. Psalms 133, verse 1, the whole chapter. There's three verses, by the way. A song of a sense of David <clears throat> says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the, uh, the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down all the way to the edge of his garments. It is also like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life evermore. He's not only talking about those two places. This is also a metaphor that says where you are, if you're in unity, wherever that is, he used Mount Hermon and he used Moses that when he was anointed to be the high priest. He uses that analogy. He says that they were in unity. They were in peace. And at that moment, my blessings came. And he's saying this right here. If you walk in unity, the blessings will follow you. Well, glory. Second thing. We are instructed, you are instructed, I am instructed to keep unity. Did you know that? It is your job when offense comes, not just, not just the pastor. It is your job as a person, as a child of the king who, who loves the Lord, who wants to walk in the peace of God. It is your job as well when you see a, someone's offended and they come to you and want you to help them build their fence. Do you know the Bible says that you're to keep unity? Watch this. In Ephesians, talking to the church at Ephesus, he's talking to the church, not the people that are not in church today, not the heathens. The church endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring simply means to make haste or to be earnest. When you see someone's offended, here's what we normally do. Well, I, you know, I've been seeing that same thing too. What, you, what, you, you want to go to lunch today? Let, let's, let's do some lunch. Let's, let's talk about this thing because it's been bothering me too. I mean, so we can pray about it. We have lunch. We put up a board. Maybe two. It's long lunch. And during lunch, you know what we realize? Not only did me and Ralph have a problem, but 
Me and Dale had the same problem. Hey, Dale, will you, go, you want to go to supper with us tonight? Help us build a fence. That's the motive. And the next thing you know, we got Dale involved. And then we got this person, and we got this involved, and we got this involved. Because you were offended. If someone comes to you and they're offended, you're supposed to be a keeper of unity. You're supposed to say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you talked to whomever offended you? Have you talked to the pastor? Have you talked to... Don't I, Stop all this foolishness about talking to 27 people and getting their opinion whether you need to go talk to the pastor or to the deacon boy because what you've done, you spread the offense within the community and the Bible says you go to that person first. So you're guilty. We're all guilty of that. Just want you to have me pray, brother. Liar. If we can ever get to the point, church, we're not like the world and offended. The church will flourish. The church will grow. Because the people on the outside of the church come into the church and they see dysfunction, they see confusion, they say they see turmoil, they see group over here, group A against group B. And then come on, I'm gonna preach to you just a minute and then I'm gonna let you go. You make little comments that get you a little click. You make little insinuations. You're disruptive. You storm out when you don't like something that's said or done. You don't show back up because you're offended. You know, the worship team's got a little click. Wish they had sang different songs. You know, there's people over there just hang out with the pastor and it's a little old click. Really? Can I speak some truth to you? You can hang out with the pastor if you want to. We got to go to work, though. There ain't a person in this church ever been shunned by me. Well, if I could just, you know, I just think, if I could just get close to one of them deacons, I could change some things. <laughs> if I could just get their ear just a, just a little bit, I'd change some things in that church. I'll tell you I would. That's exactly what happened. I'll tell you what, I'd set that pastor straight. I'd set that deacon boy straight. We're going to start doing what I want to do. Y'all look, look, look like some of y'all done, done been experienced some of this before. I can see it on your faces. <laughs> Nobody's trying to do anything. Trying to get you to Jesus. If you don't know him, we, we want you to know him. If you, don't, if you know him, we want you to know him better. That's our goal. It may not be the way you like it. It may not be the way I like it, Billy. I've said this many a time. There's some things in this church I don't like, and I could probably change them. 
But if it's not for the overall betterment of the kingdom of God, who cares? So what? You're offended. Get over it. Walk in peace and you'll be okay. Put your new garment of praise on. Get the old stuff you put back on and take it off. Walk in with walk in, in peace. Get back in that word of God. You're offended all the time. I can tell you I've been doing ministry now some 32 years. If you're offended and you stay in that mode, you hadn't been reading your word. Period. You say, oh, I, I read everyone. But is it, are you getting it and digesting? Are you letting it soak in? I'm telling you, these things is how it happens. You've been baited. And we're okay with it. Church is not a place, hear me, I love you. Church is not a place for you to have power and authority. He has it. We're human. I'm human. Deacon boards are human. Teachers are human. We do the very best we can. So what you get offended at what we're doing? Best we can. It's not ungodly. But I have noticed the people who get offended the most generally are doing the least. Thought you'd shot me down on that. You still love me. But I love you. Not to be offensive, but we're fixing to go. Might even beat the Baptist down there. Sometimes, most of the time, I have an idea how I'm going to close the service. But today, I, I, I really don't. So I'm just going to be led by the Holy Spirit if you'll pray with me. Will you pray with me? Just pray for me. We're just going to pray real quick. Let's just pray. Lord, Lord, how do you want to end this service? Lord, give me wisdom and guidance and direction, Lord. Lord, let us walk in peace and unity. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 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 Okay, this is what we want to do. Everybody stand up, please, if you stand up. If you possibly can, we won't be long. What I want us to do in a idea or the mentality of unity is what I want us to do. I like unity. I want everybody, I know this is post-COVID, but okay, be offended. I want you to grab that person's hand next to you. I want us to make a, a, a common unity, a bond here. Reach across the aisles. Re- reach across the aisle. I know up here you can't come down, but just, hey, can you come together? Hey, y'all, y'all come on down there. Y'all a lot younger on this side than they are in the middle there. No. <laughs> come on over here. Don't be offended up there, Mike. And, and so, come on over. Just come on. Come on. Make, y'all come on over there. Come on over here. This is important. This is important. It's symbolic. He said, but that person I'm holding hands with offended me. Uh, bingo. We all connected here. Amen.
pray for the person beside you. And if you've been offended, ask the Lord to help you in your offense. Put on a garment of praise. Get back in that word. Shod that foot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen? Mike, you're, you're up there. You're, you're deacon. David? Nick, you're over here in this corner. I want you guys to start praying. Start praying. Pray for the church. Pray for the church body. Pray for those beside you. Come on. Let's pray. Come on. Pray, pray out loud. It's okay. It's all right. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as a preventive maintenance message, Lord, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we guard our, our hearts, our church body, Lord, with, with uh, the gates of heaven, Lord, that no weapon formed against this body will prosper. And, Lord, when we sense it, when we see it, when we hear it, Lord, we take our rightful authority and tell that devil to go back to hell where it came from. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, as your word says, that where one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. Man, what could... What could three what could four what could 150 or 60 do God Lord you said that that bond that threefold bond is not easily broken Lord help us to come together in the bond of unity and peace Lord Father I pray in the name of Jesus against every offense Lord every offense Lord that has come against the people Lord that I may not even know about Lord but that offense I command that to cease and desist in the name of Jesus from this day forward. If there's others in this church from next week, next month that could come in an offense, I pray that we bring this message back to remembrance and we walk in peace and we put on a garment of praise and we gird ourselves with the gospel of truth. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what's going to happen, what's already happened and what is happening, God. Lord, keep us close to you. Keep us in unity bonded together with a one purpose and that's kingdom business winning souls and discipling people no room for offense in this house and we ask all of these things in Jesus name and everyone says amen, amen because that seals it thank you we have hand sanitizer in the back if you just got offended <laughs>